Craig. Nice of you to show up, Craig. Thank you, Craig. Yeah, that was, uh, oh, that was bad. Oh, he's, uh, he does not seem like he might be worth it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hey, he's still sitting out there. <laughs> yeah, what, wait, what? what is he doing? Is he actually just doing nothing? Yeah, he's just like a free agent. Uh, he's starting out like smaller, he's starting out like smaller offers, I think. Uh, let's see. Surprise new frontrunner. Who's the surprise new frontrunner from three days ago? Uh, the Saudis. Of course it is. Why is that a surprise? Oh, the Saudis, of course. When, when uh, there's always a surprise, it's not really a surprise because it's just the Saudis. Oh, yeah. And it's, uh, it's Gerard's team that, that wants him. So. I'll, I'll Eddie Head or whoever. I don't know who the hell they are. They're just, they're just going to be Premier League East. Yeah, basically. Uh, Basically, it's just what it is at this point. Uh, Everybody's like, shocking move for a player who hasn't played a match in eight months. Like, why is this shocking? What's shocking? Because he he has a name. That's all that really matters. Oh, my God. Well, we have a name, too, and it's the Afford Affair podcast. Welcome in, everyone. I am Edward Green, joined by McCall and Crime West Bradshaw. It's episode 43. We're back from Thanksgiving break. We're back from international break. And uh, yeah, we're going to get right to everything here. Uh, I don't think we're going to go too much into like, uh, I guess we should actually maybe touch on the international stuff a little bit, I guess, because your qualifying is over. So I, I, I'll pull that up, too. Uh, we'll sure, we can knock out who's, who made it. Who made it? Yeah. Uh, well, more more like it'd be shorter to tell who didn't make it, probably. True. Um, and I do have one more bit of international news I want to get to, but like very small uh, when it comes to the, the break. But we'll get to that later. It'll be fine. Uh, we'll, of course, be talking about the Premier League as well and the Champions League group stage, which oh. is uh, completed week five. Oh, it was good. Oh, it was good stuff. Um, we're gonna we're very gonna, we're tasty, gonna have very tasty things. week of uh matches. Very tasty, I love it. Uh, then we'll hit the news and notes, pimp the athletic, hit the watch for, and call it a pod. Um, so let's start with the matches in the Premier League. Um, as they are wont to do, Liverpool kicked off the weekend coming out of the international break, uh, with a match against their rivals, Manchester City. Uh, and it was a one-one draw at the Etihad. Uh, Alan with the goal in the twenty-seventh minute um had another goal ruled out uh early on in the second half um but liverpool was able to pull one back through trent alexander arnold in the 88th minute and liverpool and the city split the points at one one another great uh tie between these two teams it looks like these will be most likely the two front runners as we head into the meat of the premier league season uh did i just no, I didn't. Okay, I thought I may have accidentally closed a tab there. Um, West Ham 2, Burnley 1. Big win for West Ham as they come back from 1-0 down uh, just after halftime uh, from an own goal from O'Shea. And Thomas Susick's 91st minute goal wins it for West Ham. Big victory for them. Sees them uh, staying in the top half of the table as Burnley drops a very important three points that keeps them all the way at the bottom. Uh, Lutton two, Crystal Palace one. Um, big goal, uh, coming in from Brown here for Lutton to beat Crystal Palace. Um, a very important win for them. Obviously, this is a team that had been struggling for points, 
Uh, but after Everton's point deduction, which, hey, we'll be into that this week as well. Because um, that that happened. Um, that was that was almost the ultimate Thursday of all time. Uh, they they now have a chance to possibly escape relegation. So this was a big step towards that. Uh, Newcastle 4, Chelsea 1. As I saw someone point out on Twitter, Chelsea in the last three matches in the Premier League has gone from beating Spurs in that weird match 4-1, to one, drawing City 4-4, four, four, and now losing 4-1 to Newcastle. So nice, nice little bit of symmetry there for them. Um, just an absolute rampage for Newcastle in the second half. Three unanswered goals from LaSalle's Jolinton and Gordon uh, as Newcastle uh, really put up a very good fight and Chelsea are left uh, asking, how much progress have we really made so far in this up and down season? Uh, Brighton beats Nottingham Forest 3-2. A Pedro brace uh, on both sides of the half uh, secures the three points for them. Uh, Bournemouth beats Sheffield United 3-1. Uh, Sheffield getting a late, late, late goal from McBurney just, just to save their blushes there. But a dominating performance from Bournemouth as they hold control for most of the match. Uh, Arsenal, late goal as well from for their side to beat Brentford 1-0. Kai Havertz finally coming good in the 89th minute to win it for Arsenal and for the moment put them at the top of the Premier League. Um, Tottenham won Villa 2. Uh, Villa comes back in this one. Uh, uh, just pre preemptively, fuck Matty Cash, fuck Matty Cash, fuck Matty <laughs> Cash. Okay, cool. Um, Torres and Watkins uh, goals in, in the back half of this game for Villa to get them a big win against Tottenham on the road as Tottenham falls in their third straight match. Uh, and the good news for United for the week, they beat Everton 3-0. Um, Garnacho, who is quietly becoming a bit of a good player. Uh, Rashford and Martial all on the score sheet for them uh, as Everton simply could not come up with too much in this one. Uh, could not uh, finally get the breakthrough that they needed to trouble United. And then finally, uh, Fulham 3, Wolves 2, Wolves... Wolves are going to stay up this year and somehow also be the unluckiest team of the year, I believe. Um, just hard, hard done again, this one. Uh, Willian puts away a, his second penalty of the match to win it for Fulham in the 94th minute. Just a rough time for Wolves. Um, it seems like every big decision has gone against them this year. Um, and yet they're almost mid-table, so good for them. Uh, they're they're They look like they're going to still make it through so that's that's awesome for them um so that was the week that was in the premier league um wes what caught your attention well i believe you mentioned it but there was a little matter of the top two teams in the league squaring off at as he had or as uh it's fondly called at times like this the empty head mm. <laughs> Because, you know, all you have is the biggest matchup of the season to this point. The Premier League, the top two teams over, let's say, the last half a decade, you know, squaring off, big match. And, like, the stadium is only three quarters filled. Because, you know, city be city and city do city shit. Um, <clears throat> whatever, though. You know, really nice opener in that match. Uh, from Erling Holland, who 
I mean, the dude's just a cyborg. I mean, yes. I think we can all just we can all get with that. Now he's he's a cyborg. <laughs> um, I, I really find some shit about Holland interesting about how he like takes care of himself. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, away from away from the facility has like is one of those like hyperbaric chamber guys. You know, <laughs> one of those things. Um, but hell, whatever that dude does, it must work. Oh yeah, uh, he scores a really nice opener, and then Trent with a thunderbolt in the 80th minute, uh, where he then goes and stares down the Man City fans, giving them the shush, shush children symbol. Uh, just moments after you know, Man City fans for whatever reason started their anti-Scouser uh, shit housery um, chants. You know, not the fun cheeky ones, but the ones where you're basically making fun of the poor and, you know, just the shit that doesn't belong in football. But anyway, it, it was a nice moment for Trent, nice moment for Liverpool. Um, Liverpool were not at their best on the day by any means. I don't think City were either. Uh, I don't think the environment helped too much in this match. But at the end of the day, a draw was um, pretty fair between those two, I would say. Uh, I mean, I was, I, I am very pleased every year to leave the Eddie head with a point. Mm-hmm. If it can happen, I am very pleased with that. You know, you, you have to feel confident if you're a Liverpool fan. Well, if we can get a point at the Eddie head, there's a damn good chance we can take all three at uh, Anfield. So uh, happy at the end of the day with the draw. Um, I think some of the fireworks after the match where apparently Pep and Darwin Nunez had to be separated. Oh, I didn't hear about this. Yeah, just some jawing back and forth. I don't know if that's, I don't know if Pep really wants that smoke too much in real life. Uh, Pep is a wee Spaniard. Uh, Darwin is a fucking unit of a human being. Uh, And he's South American, which just makes him extra scared. Yeah. Unless you're Neymar, you're just that much scarier because you're <laughs> South American. So. Um, also, shout out to Neymar for getting called out by an OnlyFans mom this week. That was fun. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, there's your, there's your Neymar moment this year because there's no other fucking reason to talk about Neymar. Uh, but at the end of the day, Liverpool do get the win. Um, the old, or, I'm sorry, get the draw. Uh, one thing sucks coming out of this match. Allison Becker pulling up late. He's got a hamstring issue at the moment. He's going to miss for the next few matches for Liverpool. Um, Klopp saying he believes he should be back in time for Manchester United, or as we're calling it, Eric Tinhock's funeral. Um, yeah, he should be back for that one, but until then, it's going to be Cleveland Kelleher uh, filling in as the deputy for Liverpool. Um, so. It'll be something to keep your eye on going forward. But, I mean, these two teams, they came in 1-2 in the league, and they leave 1-2 in the league um, at the uh, at the end of the weekend. Oh, well, no, it's in the back time. They came in 1-2 in the league. They now sit 2-3 in the league. Excuse me. I had to get an update on the uh, on the table. Um, but, once again, I, I'll draw. I don't think a draw for either team is a bad result here. Um, because the one thing you just – when you're playing those big matches, yes, obviously you'd rather win. You'd rather take the big six-point swing. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is really to not lose ground on the competition mm-hmm. at this point. So, <laughs> we'll take. 
you know, it, it won't be one that we look back on in in the annals of history like, oh my God, you remember that one one draw? You might remember the Trent goal. You might remember Trent talking some shit, taking the piss. But other than that, is what it is. Um, Newcastle looked really good. A four-one win over Chelsea. Um, you talk about a team that seems to kind of be finding their uh, their level this season. Got off to that really slow start, but they seem to be coming around up to 23 points on the on the year, seven off the top, um, five off a Champions League spot. They're still in the Champions League, of course. Good River Newcastle. Oh, Chelsea. What the hell? I thought Chelsea had gotten it together. Apparently they didn't. They didn't. 4 1. Uh, Reese James getting sent off late. You know, Reese James with his uh, little snarky tweet after the opening match of the year where Chelsea drew Liverpool saying, All right, everybody, get a good look because this is the new era at Chelsea. And mm-hmm. since then, uh, they have four wins, four draws, and five losses on the season. And Reese James has yet to complete 90 minutes in a match. <laughs> so if that's the new era, sign me up. <laughs> I'm down. I can live. I can live with Chelsea. You know, basically being a mid-table, a bunch of mid-table bums on the year. Uh, West Ham getting that two-one victory. Um, Burnley. You hate to say it. Burnley suck. Yeah. I mean, Burnley just freaking suck. It, it's it's what it is. They're not good. And you know what can you do? Uh, they are staring down the barrel of going back down this season, as are Sheffield for that fact. But Burnley just been bad. Um, West Ham getting that win, uh, that moves them. You know uh, they're firmly ahead of Chelsea now in the top ten. I know you'll hit the table a little later, but I just I think that's a good win for West Ham to get it. Uh, Luton knocking off the Palace. Anytime you're a Luton and you can get a win, buddy, you take it. Oh, yeah. You take it. Um, you know, their second win on the season. They do have three draws, one of them being at home against, you know, a Liverpool team who was playing really well at the moment. Um, so Luton are just finding ways to kind of keep themselves around. Uh, with the Everton point deduction, Luton do find themselves outside of the relegation zone right now. Uh, which is a shame for Everton, but uh, good for Luton, you know, <laughs> good for them. And I'm, I'm not trying to shit talk Everton, I promise. I'll do that later. Um, Arsenal getting the 1-0 against Brentford, a late winner. And of all people, Kai fucking Havertz getting it. <laughs> which shows you know, Arsenal might not have been at their best on the day, but they get the win and they vault themselves to the top of the table. Uh, Brighton Hove quietly sitting in that top half of the table. Um, they got their victory on the day. Uh, it wasn't wasn't the prettiest three two over four, but hey, take your points where you can. Uh, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Man United three, Everton nil. I mean, Everton. God, you know, Everton's another one that it looked like. Oh wow, you know, maybe they're starting to get some things turned around. Of course, they have the point deduction, which is horseshit. Um, not, not yeah, I'll put this one. Not that Everton didn't deserve a point deduction because you you didn't fucking cheat. You got caught for cheating. But the whole thing is, boy, Chelsea and City sure ain't got no point deductions, and apparently they've done a whole hell of a lot more cheating. Yep. 
So, you know, that's kind of the shitty part. But, um, you know, that's one of those matches as a Liverpool fan. I hope it's nil-nil and it's just miserable. But it wasn't. Um, you know, uh, uh, United get the win. Uh, good win for them. They've been pretty good of late. You know, since since they kind of hit some rock bottom a few weeks ago, they've been pretty good of late. Um, they do sit uh, four points out of a top four spot, um, two behind Tottenham. And unfortunately, that brings us to Tottenham, which is just, boy, that's just unfortunate right now. I don't know what the hell's gotten into Tottenham. Well, you know, I guess we go it's back to I mean, 10 people yeah. from the starting line yeah. at the beginning of the year are injured. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we t- we talked about it a month ago when it when they all started falling and you know Tottenham were flying. And we said, we said, oh yeah, they got a win today, but boy, did they lose some guys. And that defense, which had made Tottenham so tough at the beginning of the season, with those guys being out, it, it just flows forward. And right now, Tottenham are almost in a my God, let's just get the boat righted and let's try and survive this mode. Um, until, you know, until we can get some of our studs back. But man, the problem is up at the top of the Premier League, there are good teams, and you know, for Tottenham, they they've kind of got to figure it out quick if they want to stay in that in that run for a possible Champions League spot. Because the thing is, we've seen, boy, when they're good, they're really fucking good. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're really fucking good when they've got the horses to be good. Um, you know, is if Tottenham can keep themselves in that top four race, will Daniel Levy, dun, 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 will Daniel Levy spend any money maybe in January? Um, you know, you've got to think if he can look around and see a chance and a reason that, man, maybe if I can invest some in the squad, we've got a real chance to do something this year. Maybe he does. And it seems like uh, under, uh, under Ange, they, they have definitely shown that when they've got the guys and they're healthy, they have the opportunity to be a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, you know, by the, by the time everyone plays next, it will be December. Which, as we know, you know, it's a very festive month unless you're a Premier League player, which means, oh God, welcome to the Crucible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there was a there was a big sign in um in Istanbul today for the uh for the uh United the Galatasaray, a big sign that said, "Welcome to hell." <laughs> and I think when they turned the wheel, it's probably just got that up in their locker rooms over the uh, over the over the yeah. <laughs> because guess what? This pretty much is what it looks like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so Tottenham, Tottenham, I think, are just trying to hold on. And you know, as, uh, as, as Jimmy Buffett said, keep it between the navigational beacons. <laughs> that just has to seem like it's the, it's the hope right now is, my God, just hold on. Mm-hmm. Hold on and see what we can do in January. So, um, and, you know, and also hold on and get some of these damn guys healthy. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of your look back at the Premier League for the week. Um, coming off the, thank God, the final international break of, of the year, which coming off of that, 
uh, an action-packed, interesting week back. We'll put it that way. Oh, absolutely. Um, I will say one thing, just real quick, because I, I saw I saw some some snarky tweets about United on the weekend, which I wonder where those are going to be now. But I will just say this about United: currently, zero goal differential. Just a big zero. Not saying they're frauds in sixth place. Just. They 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 may they may just be a little higher than they should be right now is all I'm gonna say. So you're not saying they're UNC football. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying they're six and UNC football. They're not good. Yeah. They're not good. Oh my goodness. Well, let's take a look at the table uh, as it stands right now through match week 13. Um, Arsenal are on top by one point over City. Uh, Liverpool and Aston Villa, two points back. Tottenham there in fifth, uh, four points off the pace. And then uh, United currently in sixth, uh, six points out. Newcastle in seventh, seven points out. At the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone, it is Luton at the, in the, the 17th spot right now. Sheffield United, four points from safety. Everton and Burnley, five points safety. Again, Burnley with, or sorry, Everton with that big 10-point deduction. We'll be talking a little bit more about here uh, when we hit news and notes. Um, your schedule for the weekend, uh, Saturday and Sunday, only this weekend. Uh, 10 a.m., you get the choice of Arsenal Wolves, Brentford Luton, Burnley Sheffield. Uh, then at 12.30, it's Forest versus Everton. Sure. And then at 3 p.m., it's Newcastle versus Manchester United. Um, on Sunday at 9 a.m., it's Bournemouth Villa, Chelsea Brighton, Liverpool Fulham, and West Ham Palace. And then 11.30, it's Man City versus Tottenham, which, as we know, uh, whenever things start to go completely off the rails for Tottenham. They just have to jump up now and beat Man City. That's that's just the rules. That's how it works. That is kind of, that is kind of how the script works. Things aren't going good. I'm sex on the schedule of City. Of fucking course. Of course you couldn't get City in September when things were going. Yeah. Um, we also do have some midweek matches. Uh, Tuesday, uh, you have Wolves, Burnley, and Luton Arsenal. Wednesday, Brighton, Brentford, Palace, Bournemouth, Fulham, Forest, Sheffield, uh, Liverpool, Villa, Man City, and United, Chelsea. And then on Thursday, it's Everton, Newcastle, and Tottenham versus West Ham. Um, all right, quick look through the Champions League right now as we're going into, uh, as we've completed group stage five um okay um group a uh is is definitely the most interesting group to go here um thank you thank you uh galatasaray and copenhagen for making this a fun group um galatasaray comes back from two goals down to draw united three three uh copenhagen draws bayern munich at the allianz nil nil which means Bayern Munich are through. They've won the group. They're done. Copenhagen and Galatasaray are on five points. United are on four points. If Copenhagen and Galatasaray do not draw, I believe no matter what happens, United are out. They may go to Europa, but they're out. Um, if United do not... 
If United do not beat Bayern Munich, they are out of the competition. I believe. I believe there is no tiebreaker they can win that a draw sends them to even Europa. So, oh boy. We'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, See, the Liverpool fan in me is kind of like, well, you know, yes, we would totally giggle if they were out. But then the other part of us is like, yeah, but if they come to Europa, then we got a chance to knock them out of Europa. That'd be I've done that before. That's funny shit about Oh man, we will see. We'll see on December twelfth uh, when the last group stage matches take place. We'll see what happens, and it will again be in advance of that that trip to Anfield. Um, over in Group B, uh, Arsenal took care of Lens six nil. They win the group, uh, and Eindhoven completes the two nil down three two up comeback over Sevilla after uh, one of their players picked up a double. Uh, yellow card in like three minutes one of them for descent uh that was a huge blow to Sevilla's chances uh Eindhoven do go through so Arsenal and I- PSV Eindhoven are qualified from group B uh Lens is three points up on Sevilla going to the last match to go to Europa um group- Sevilla Sevilla just desperately trying to get into to their main competition <laughs> yes is Europa they own Europa but damn it they might not get there this year yeah, they're they're gonna have to at least be lens in their last match uh coming up here to to see if they can get into to Europa. Um group C, uh going about as we thought it would. Real Madrid beats Napoli uh 4-2 with a couple late goals from Paz and Joselu. Um and Braga draws Union Berlin 1-1. Uh so Madrid goes through. Napoli uh just needs a point, or I imagine even maybe just a non-horrific loss to Braga to go through. Uh, and then Union Berlin still has a chance to go to Europa, but it looks a little dire there. Um, Group D is pretty much done. Um, Real Sociedad and Inter Milan both on 11 points. Uh, Inter Milan uh, with a big 3-3 draw. They scored three goals in the second half to come back in that one against Benfica. Sociedad draws Red Bull nil-nil. Uh, uh, and uh, Inter Milan and Sociedad will be matching up at the San Siro uh, in, a, in a couple weeks' time to see who wins the group. Sociedad currently on top. Um, group E is is done except for who finishes first and second. Uh, Atletico beats Feyenoord 3-1. They are on top of the group currently. Lazio beats Celtic 2-0. Both those teams, Atletico and Lazio, are going through. Feyenoord is going to Europa. Celtic, sorry. You're out of the competition. Um, group F uh, was the the group of controversy. Um, Dortmund beats uh, AC Milan 3-1. Very big win for them. That gets them into the next round of the Champions League uh, and a very good spot to try and win the group. Uh, PSG, oh boy, nearly, nearly took a devastating loss at home to Newcastle. Uh, but a late, 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 late penalty gave them a golden opportunity to level things up, and they get the draw 1-1. So currently, PSG sits second in the group. Newcastle and Milan sit joint uh, third at five points. But hey, there's PSG goes into the last week not guaranteed to go on in the Champions League. Um, PSG, you know, very fortunate I don't know what's going on in... Are they Qatar? They're Qatar, right? 
I mean, I don't know what's going over there. Why the check didn't clear till late? But <laughs> I mean, who had the bigger check, Qatar or Saudi? And we said, this check was to hit the account uh, quickest. And I, I guess I don't know maybe. what's going on. I don't know what's going on in the Middle Eastern banking system right now. Qatari, the Qatari check hit the hit the uh, account with about one minute to spare. Look like uh, Group G uh, <laughs> is completely done and dusted. Uh, Man City's comeback win over Leipzig, three two, uh, big win for them. That wins them the group. Leipzig, they'll still go out as the second place team. Uh, the young boys, though, with their win over they're Red Star Belgrade two nil. Uh, those those young boys, they're gonna head into mm. the Europa League. And uh, Red Star, thanks for playing. You're out of Europe. Um, and finally, in Group H, uh, Barcelona, an important 2-1 win over Porto with uh, goals from the Jaws, Cancelo, and Felix uh, gets them to the top of the group, and they will at least qualify for the, the Champions League knockout stage. Porto and Shakhtar, I think so Shakhtar's 1-0 win over Antwerp, both sit at nine points, and they will play each other in the final match. So, yeah, boy, uh, Porto owns the tiebreaker. So a draw sends Porto through uh, Shakhtar, even if they lose, they'll still go to Europa. But if they do beat Porto, they will be heading to the Champions League knockout stage. So real quick, uh, again, teams that have now qualified for the round of 16 in the Champions League, City, Barcelona, Bayern, Real Madrid, Inter, uh, Dortmund, Atletico, uh, Leipzig, Arsenal, Eindhoven, Lazio, and Real Sociedad. Um, so, Wes, uh, a lot of things going maybe how we expected, but, you know, I, I think the two biggest, biggest storylines, obviously, are United potentially falling out of Europe altogether and then PSG not yet confirmed uh, to, be, uh, to be going through yet to the Champions League knockout stage. Um, absolutely right. United, what's the, you know, United's form in the Premier League has come around pretty well. They haven't been playing terribly lately. But man, in Europe, they are in absolute shambles right now. A 2-0 lead, and they threw it away. Then they had a 3-2 lead, and they threw it away. Mm-hmm. And another goal that uh, looked like Mauro Icardi had scored another goal, and that one was uh, chopped off due to about his Height of VAR check as you will ever see in your life. I don't know what it is, man. I don't know what it is, but they get to Europe, and right now United are just running it down their legs when they get to Europe. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's pressure. I don't know if it's just lack of European know-how. But buddy, it's bad. <clears throat> I mean, it's bad. They are, as you said. I mean, they're staring at being knocked out of Europe completely. You know, for, for a team the size of a United or, like, say, a Munich or, or an Arsenal or someone like that, I mean, it is just, it's, it's like, embarrassing to get dropped into Europa. It's like, oh, God, how do we finish third with a great Premier League? If they finish last in a group, that, okay, Munich, duh, okay, we get that. If you finish last in a group with Copenhagen and Galatasaray, yeah, you deserve all the shaming that you get because that's just that's just not good enough. Yeah, that is just absolutely not good enough. And, and I'll tell you what, man, I think they're in big trouble because 
Uh, I think Copenhagen and Gala are going to go at each other. Someone wants to win that. And, I mean, Munich. Munich has a chance to dump United out of this out of this competition. I think they will, they will have some lead in trying to do that. Well, I mean, I let's think not forget, too, you know, even all the way back to 99, there's blood between those teams. We do not care for this. Um, you know, I think, too, something that hurts United is... Galatasaray does have to win against Copenhagen mm-hmm. to go to the Champions League. But the interesting thing is because I think it's fairly, I, I, United fans, you can come after me for this. I think it's highly unlikely United will beat Bayern. Maybe they get a draw, but I think it's highly unlikely mm-hmm. they, they win, which means that for Galatasaray, you go out and play against Copenhagen knowing that even if you lose, you're probably at least still going to Europa. And that's that's still really good, you know, with all due respect to Galatasaray, that's still really good. I'm sure they could still win some matches in that competition. So I think they probably go out in the match against Copenhagen with a almost nothing to lose attitude and say, hey, let's mm-hmm. let, let's go try to win the match. And I think Copenhagen will try to do the same thing. And I think right. the worst thing that can happen for United is one of those teams wins. So I, I think United's <laughs> fucked. I mean, you look at, you know, you've got somebody like a Copenhagen. I can't tell you the last time they made it into the knockout of Europe. Galatasaray, honestly, the same thing. You know, they used to be kind of a constant unit. It's been a long time. They're both relishing that chance. And don't forget this, Ed. If I, I, I believe I'm correct when I say this. This will mark Harry Kane's return to England. Ooh, uh, I, uh, for as a as a domestic competitor, or sorry, as a club competitor, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, it will. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, not not playing for the English national team, but yes, yeah. like in a club side, this is his return to England, and it's in a place that was the one that that's where he was mostly related to. His yeah. Now, oh, he's going to make the night, and now I can come and I can. Boy, I don't think I've been this big Harry Kane fan since he traded in his Lily White. Oh, man. I'm excited to see Harry Kane go drop a fucking hat trick at Old Trafford's what I'm saying. As the kids would say, Harry Kane is, has the chance to do the funniest thing ever. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Just go. Humiliate United. Just do it. Do it, Harry. Do it, Harry. Oh, you know you got it in you, big Harry. You know you got it in you. So, yeah, I mean, match day six. There's not a ton of intrigue in match day six, but where there is intrigue is like, yeah. oh, yeah, well, yeah, there's intrigue, man. Um, talking about uh, PSG. PSG Dortmund. And so... I know Dortmund have been playing pretty well. If it was anyone but Dortmund, I'd be like, oh, PSG's in trouble. <laughs> but come on, man. We know Dortmund. Dortmund, Dortmund like to shat down their leg at this point of the of everything. This is when Dortmund, you know, will normally roll over and go to fetal position. Um, I'm assuming PSG's going to go through. Man, I mean, if Castle can go, go fetal position, though. That's the thing. It's like you got two fetal position teams here. <laughs> you got two teams who like to shat themselves when it gets big. Uh, 
So, yeah, we're going to have to definitely see how that plays out. Um, I believe PSG won the first round these two teams played. Uh, yes, um, no. Yeah, and, and since then, Dortmund have been on a roll running through the rest of the group. How would this go? It's like part of me is like, oh, man, I'd love to see Newcastle just get it done. But then you think and you sign it, kind of get a few gross feeling for Newcastle, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I just, uh, I pray for the worst for both of them is all I can come up with. So. <laughs> it's not a fun group. Go, Milan. Go, Milan. They have I don't trust Milan. Go, Milan. Yeah. I don't trust Milan to do shit. That, that is the absolute group of, I don't trust any of y'all. The group I don't trust any of y'all to do shit. So oh, <laughs> there's, there's the thing. That entire group, everyone of them had a bottle in them just waiting. Oh. But, uh, but it'll be fun to watch. That's, that's the thing. It'll be fun. Oh, yeah. It'll be fun. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, one last thing. Barcelona Antwerp on the last day. Antwerp trying to uh, Antwerp right now is the only team that have not mm. recorded a result uh, in the uh, in the Champions League this season. Does it really matter too much for Barca? I mean, they're going through either way, but uh, Barca can just outright with at least a draw. Barca will outright win the group, no problem. Mm. Uh, man, I'd love to see Antwerp get a point. You know, just so nobody goes on it. Yeah. You can go home with your gates in your hand, Oh, man. Well, I kind of wanted to wait for this question uh, until until uh-huh. the uh, until after the group stage was done. But I'm going to ask it here because it is, it is I think, maybe an intriguing question. And it was brought on because when I came to uh, – I like to do the uh, Champions League stuff from the, uh, the actual wiki page for the Champions League. And I was reminded that, in fact, the Champions League final this year is in Wembley Stadium in London. And so my question to you as we sit here five match weeks into the group stage of the Champions League West Bradshaw, will an English team be in London on the pitch at Wembley Stadium for the Champions League final? Um, Odds on, yes. Um... Let me tell you, for you know, cities obviously the odds on team to get it done out of the group uh, or out of the English contingent right now. Let me tell you what, though, and you get in the knockout depending on who on who they draw in that knockout stage. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the lack of Kevin De Bruyne is going to catch up to him. Yeah, that's something that could happen. Um, I think the earlier you can get City knocked out, the better. If you want to knock City out. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in Arsenal or Newcastle at all. I sure don't believe in Manchester United. Um, I think your only shot, City, I mean, it's a real damn good shot. Mm-hmm. But then uh, I'm going to sit right here. I'm going to go to the fridge. I'm going to pull out a nice large jug of Haterade. Orange flavor, of course. Of course. And uh, I'm going to say no. No Premier League team in the, uh, in the final this year. Crazy. Uh, I, I, I do. I'll think just go ahead and say. I'll just go ahead and say Real Madrid versus. I mean, that's yeah. Easy. I do think 
because I feel I do feel like City's probably the only team that can do it. And mm-hmm. I don't know, they've looked beatable this year. They they mm-hmm. and I mean we always I feel like we always say that at this point of the year, and then they start rolling off like 30 straight in the Premier League, and it's like, oh well, there, that's that. But I don't know. And you as you mentioned, De Bruyne being out, maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the chance. So we'll see. Um a lot of a lot of interesting teams, especially with teams like Eindhoven um making it and a couple others uh making it through already that you don't normally see uh potentially one of galatasaray and copenhagen going through um it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be an interesting uh until until city go georgia bulldog kill mode and it's just like (laughs) well flip switch or flip switch switch flip just fuck everybody up now speaking of uh georgia are we doing a Jordan section? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. God, uh, Georgia will not be playing in uh, Euro 2024. Um, Hell no. Um, but we do have the teams that will be, or at least most of the teams that will be at this point. And uh, once again, UEFA and FIFA have conspired to keep the SEC out of their rightful spot of being on top of the world at every time. Pow! Pow! I love it. It's it's my favorite bit. Um, So going through here now uh, with, with the uh, Euro qualifying stage done, uh, we do have our qualifiers in. Uh, Germany goes through as hosts, obviously. Uh, they'll be joined right now by Belgium, France, Portugal, Scotland, Spain, Turkey, Austria, England, Hungary, Slovakia, Albania, Denmark, the Netherlands, Romania, Switzerland, Serbia, the Czech Republic, Italy, Slovenia, and Croatia. Um, of note, all of these teams except uh, Albania, Romania, Serbia, and Slovenia were in the previous competition. Uh, Serbia and Slovenia actually uh, hadn't been in Euros uh, proper since two, the year 2000. So, so a long time coming back for them. Uh, there is a playoff. Um, even, even this doesn't even quite have the playoff yet. So I... I wait, oh, that's not the playoff. Wait, what? What is, what is this? What is this bullshit? Um, I thought that was it. Where Where is the actual qualification? Euro qualifying. Thank you. Um, okay, so there's playoffs. Stuff will happen. Some teams might still go through. Um, those mm-hmm. teams. Okay, wait a minute. Georgia damn Bulldogs have a chance now. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the, the playoff teams are, uh, it will be, uh, so we have the three, four team groups. One team will come out of each four team group. We have one group, uh, is Poland starts Poland versus Estonia and then Wales versus Finland. Uh, so those two winners will then play each other. Uh, in path B, we have Israel versus Iceland. And then uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina versus the Ukraine. And then in path C, 
It's Georgia Dan Bulldogs versus Luxembourg. And then it's Greece versus Kazakhstan. Dude, it would be so awesome, actually, if Georgia made it through this way. Who's that coming down the track? It's the beat machine in red and black. Oh, man. March oh, 21st. Man. That's when the playoff Woo! is. Uh, and then it'll be also on March 26th. That'll be during that international break. So there you go. We'll, we need three more teams. Oh, yeah, and I think that's during the spring game. It's much more important than Euro qualifiers for the dogs. <laughs> gotta get, gotta get, gotta find the backup quarterback for next year. Oh man. Um, <laughs> the other thing I do want to say, and I, I don't have it up here, so let me pull it up real quick. Um, we like to, we've talked about in recent times, um, because South America, they they're not doing when they when they have their international breaks, they just do World Cup qualifying. Um, they don't do any sort of, um, um, uh, like Euro tournament. They do have, uh, Copa Americana, but they don't do any like qualifying match for that. Just everybody goes pretty much to it. They're already like knee deep into World Cup 2026 qualifying. Um, mm -hmm. and I just want to point out that currently sitting in sixth place of 10 teams where Six teams go through out of the ten. Sixth place is currently Brazil. Just I'm not I'm not I'm not sounding off any alarms or anything right now or 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 anything crazy. I'm just I'm just putting it out there that currently Brazil are in sixth place of ten teams in Conmebol qualifying. That's <sighs> just saying. I saw a story today about Carlo Ancelotti. <laughs> Carlo, <laughs> if you want to come, now's your opportunity, bud. Oh man! Uh, and then, uh, real quick, you know, you, you mentioned Euros. Um, they actually have the draw coming up on Saturday. Mm. Um, I guess to uh, to uh, get. To, to put the teams in the groups. Oh, interesting. So they're going to do it. I guess they're, they're going to have like placeholders then for the, uh, those other couple mm -hmm. teams that need to qualify. Oh, interesting. We'll, we'll cover that next week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, uh, pot four has, uh, three playoff winners in it. Right. Okay. Cool. Pot four, pot four is Serbia, Switzerland, three playoff winners and Italy, <laughs> which means somebody, <laughs> He's getting fucking Italy in pot four. What? How? Well, you know, Italy have been abject shit since the last time they were in Euros, which, oh yeah, fair. they won. Fair, fair enough. They won. Oh, the the defending wild. holders of the, of the uh, European uh, title are in pot four. Um... Uh, wow, wait, just to shoot it down, pot one, uh, Germany are your host, Portugal, France, Spain, Belgium, and England. And do you know what every one of those teams has in common? What's that? I none of them beat Nick Saban, son. Shooting <laughs> some door Berlin. Why ain't got no games in Tuscaloosa? <laughs> Tell you what, the AP's out to get us, Paul. I love this bit so much. 
<laughs> oh man um yeah uh pot two is hungary turkey romania denmark albania and austria pot three is the dutch scotland croatia slovenia slovakia and the czech republic and then as Wes mentioned pot four is italy serbia switzerland and the three playoff winners that is a can you imagine can you imagine potentially your group being your pot three being the dutch and pot four being italy I mean, I mean, we could get. We could uh, have the greatest group of death of all time. What? Okay, hear, hear me out. Here it is: England, Denmark, the Netherlands, Italy. That's oh a group. English heads will fucking explode. <laughs> like, what even? What even is that, man? Jesus. That's that's SEC. That's SEC level of collusions. What that is. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Um, real quick before we hit uh, our normal news and news and notes, and I only know about this because, god dang, my weather app on my phone, I was looking uh, for a second at what the weather's going to be like tomorrow, and I have a weather app that uh, likes to be a little snarky sometimes. Uh, so when <laughs> I loaded it up, uh, it made a reference to Henry Kissinger dying, and I was like, I'm sorry? what and so yeah breaking news i guess actually henry kissinger dead at 100 can i can i can i not lie to you at all and say i figured he died 20 years ago (laughs) no i i i did not know this okay well for him being an octogenarian i wonder if i wonder if uh my boy my boy willard talked about henry kissinger and has God, now it's terrible. Now I just have the the Dana Carvey SNL sketch where he's a uh, where he's Tom Brokaw, uh, and he's pre-recording. Charles uh, Ford died today at the age of eighty-three after being senselessly mauled by a bear. Like, why would he be mauled by a bear? Look, do you want to go to Aruba or not? Okay, okay. okay. My favorite of all this: Charles Ford has been eaten by wolves. Really. Eaten by wolves. Well, how would you feel if you're on vacation and Gerald Ford is eaten by wolves and you're not here to break the story? It's a great bit. Everybody go look up that Dana Carvey bit. Oh, With all due respect to Henry Kissinger, this is a great bit. Yeah, it's one of his absolute greats. Oh, man. All right. I don't know how we seg you out of this, but we're just going to go into it. Um, as reported by Philip Buckingham over at The Athletic and multiple other people, uh, Everton's point deduction breaking down 41 pages of written arguments behind record penalty. And again, we've covered what it is. We covered uh, the lead up to it. Um, Everton have, and we've been talking about it throughout this podcast. Uh, Everton have been deducted 10 points. Uh, that is immediate. Um, they are also now being sued uh, by Burnley, Leeds, and Leicester. Uh, mostly I would imagine by Leeds and Leicester for 300 million pounds uh, on the back of this because, hey, we were fucked over because of your cheating. Uh, It has been documented how Everton cheated. And again, in this article, it does it. And uh, I think, Wes, you actually summed it up best. Uh, It's no one's mad that Everton is getting docked points for cheating. Everyone is mad that Everton's getting docked points for cheating because they don't have the money to hi- to hire lawyers to endlessly push this out forever like City and potentially Chelsea do. 
Um, and I, I've I've said it multiple times on this podcast. Um, if this is what we're using financial fair play for to punish the Everton's of the world and not the cities and Chelsea's and PSG's, then what the fuck are we doing here? This is I, again, I have no problem with the punishment. I have a problem with the fact that it's not being applied to everyone else, and that really sucks, Wes. I think even Everton fans are kind of like, well, you know what? We did our shit. Because, of course, Everton fans do not like the damn ownership. Yeah. So it's not like they're screaming, what do you mean, us? Everyone's screaming because for over a year, there have been 115 charges of financial fair play breaches against Manchester City. Mm -hmm. And they just go on every day like, whatever. Um. And here, Everton get one charge against them, get it convicted, and basically get the damn book thrown at them. While you've got Chelsea and City, two teams who, let's be real, are making a hell of a lot more waves in the European scene than than Everton are. Oh, yeah. Um, not you so much, Chelsea, but hey, you know, every now and, <laughs> and then. And hey, um, just to what, two years ago, they won the the, the Champions yeah. League? So. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, you know, I mean, God, how bad was it? Kai Havers, like, scored yeah. to win the thing, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, Christian Pulisic has a Champions League winner's medal. Yeah. Crazy as it sounds. But that's the problem, it's like, It's like, it's like the criminal justice system. You know, the poor guy who, you know, robs a, okay, you know, yeah, you know, he went and he, he robbed a liquor store. Boy, they got no problem getting his ass put away for a long time. Where then you've got some white dollar shit where they're robbing, they're robbing people of millions and millions of dollars. But they're able to keep litigating, litigating, litigating it down the road and may never face a real penalty for it. They might get slapped on the wrist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, poor Everton's going to Gen Pop. Now, luckily for Everton, Everton are actually playing some pretty decent football for Everton this season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even now, with the points deduction, also, luckily for them, boy, Sheffield and um, um, uh, Burnley are absolute garbage. Oh, yeah. So, Everton are, yeah, they're going to have to fight from the bottom up, but they're not sitting that terribly as far as having a chance to be safe. Mm-hmm. I honestly still... I'm figuring Everton's going to make it out this year and be fine. I agree. I think they have a really good chance. Yeah, and, and you guys know how I love to give Everton all the shit in the world. <laughs> but I mean, between basically between the three promoted teams, your Burnley, your Luton, your Sheffield. Uh, I mean, uh, Everton, Everton right now will be sitting five points clear of Luton. I just, and I mean, Everton already won four matches this year, which that hasn't really been a given. 
yeah. in the past. I mean, they won four matches through November. They can go win four or five more and get some draws. And I don't think Luton or those other two can keep up with that. I think Everton are going to be fine, but that doesn't that doesn't lessen the amount of bullshit that this truly is. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and you know, while we will say like, yeah, it's it's most likely that uh, that Everton will be able to to stay up just because of how actually trash like a lot of the bottom of the Premier League is right now. Um, you know, we we've talked about it. We talked about it a lot more, you know, in the last couple of years when it looked like they were just going to go down naturally. Uh, mm-hmm. And the article talks a lot about it. You know, they're, they're trying to fund a new stadium. They're trying to do all these like training facilities. If if they don't make it out. Everton is fucked. And and mm-hmm. again, that just that just goes to show again, they did cheat. They 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 mm-hmm. do have to do the crime. They did. They do the crime. They do the time. But man. If if nothing happens to City, if nothing happens to Chelsea, and they can just run out the clock on this, I I don't know. If I'm Everton, I go fucking scorched earth on the Premier League. I I just go absolutely scorched earth. I I muster whatever you have and say fuck this. We're fighting you because you can't sit here and say after as you said, Wes. After one charge, we're we're potentially going down where the team at near the top of the table and has won three of the last four Premier Leagues and just won the Champions League gets charged with 115 accounts and they're fine. Like, if I'm Everton, I absolutely go scorched earth and burn the Premier League down to the ground on my way out if this happens because it, it's, it's, it's a travesty if, if they go down and nothing happens to City or Chelsea if they're proven to have to committed the crimes. Yeah, but I mean, that's the thing, you know, when you got that oil money, or you got that big U.S. backing, you know, you also think about it, you think about, you think about where the owners are from, of course, we know cities, ridiculous, since we understand that, but when you look at, uh, you look at Chelsea, you're like, well, Chelsea's not owned by oil money, yeah, but they're owned by big American entertainment people. Yeah. Boy, they sure do enjoy getting that money from America. They don't enjoy getting the money coming into the league from uh, from the Russian government right now. So, yeah, you know they're kind of fucked. But yeah, I think they're going to survive it. But it's still bullshit. It is. It is very much bullshit. I believe. But here we are. So that's that's unfortunately where we are on that story. Um, this is kind of an interesting story. Uh, Wes actually mentioned the uh, yesterday. Um, taking this one from the Telegraph, uh, elite football to trial ten minute sin bins for dissent and tactical fouls. Um, again, Ben Rernsey of the Telegraph here talking about it, and it's one of a couple different suggestions that uh the Premier League and others might be going. There's also some weird handball rules are trying to change because we just cannot it's it's essentially become like what is a catch in the NFL what is a handball in the Premier League nobody knows anymore um but i do find this very very interesting uh they do mention the article and at the top of the article uh the example they're giving for what could be 
a use for this is uh, Chiellini's pullback on Bakayo Saka in the previous Euro final uh, that stopped a very obvious uh, dangerous counterattack for England late in the game. And he only got a yellow card out of it. And it's like, well, what if there was an in-between just a yellow and a full sending off of the red? You know, would we still see these, you know, quote unquote professional fouls to break up counterattacks? Um, so I do find it a very interesting theory. Um, it's also been reported uh, today by Matt Slater that MLS could actually be the first pro league to trial this this idea of sin bins uh, in football. And they could be tri uh, trialing it out uh, in the 2024-25 season, which is just weird enough to think, you know, a couple of months away. Um, so, yeah, that could be that could be really, really interesting to see what what that could be like i think I, i'm always hesitant now now with with every time they change rule i'm hesitant i think this could have some positive influence wes it could open up more scoring lead to more counterattacks, make that more dangerous um but i'm just worried that is some they're gonna fuck up the implementation of this i just i have no faith in them anymore well, of course they'll fuck it up. I mean, look what they've done to VAR. VAR, uh, VAR could have been, like, the greatest thing that ever came, and they have literally made it, like, really, the perfect way to make it the worst thing that there's ever been. Yep. So, once again, I don't trust the Premier League to get it done. Um, they're they're, they're kind of like the group in the Champions League with Dortmund, PSG, Milan, and Newcastle. I just don't trust anyone to get this right at the end of the day. But I mean, it, at this point, at this point, it's worth trying something. I, I I didn't hear you quite right. You said it. Um, there is a story that MLS maybe the first ones to give this a try in real league. Yes. Uh... Uh, as reported by Matt Slater today in the Athletic, yeah. Um, yeah, they they could be doing this as soon as you know next February ish when the the right. next season kicks off. Right. So, you know, at least the Premier League wouldn't be the persons doing it because they talk it up for everyone. <laughs> so, you know, maybe good old American ingenuity can get it figured out. Oh man, if only, if only. Um, yeah, I. I, I I was a proponent of VAR. I thought it could be really good. Apparently, it's pretty good everywhere else except England. Um, that that'll be kind of interesting. Um, I, I want to be optimistic about this. I think it could be good, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, but that is that is going to do it for our, our news and notes. Uh, Wes, uh, what have you been reading though in the Athletic? Over the last week, as we as we pimp out the athletic here, always good stuff in the athletic. It's um, pretty much the best. Mm -hmm. Oh boy! Um, and of course, we know this past week was um, Thanksgiving. That's why you did not get an all-new sports show because oh, there's one holiday that we take very seriously here at the uh, formerly known as the all-new sports show. Excuse me. Uh, now the important third podcast. It is Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, because we got a lot of work to do on Thanksgiving, and that includes you know putting it down for people. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's why I didn't have to kind of take that off every year. That 
we're we're always out of place. So you know, we take that off. Um, but Ed, that Friday after Thanksgiving, just the darkest of days, Ed. Black Friday, where it's all about the money, right? Black Friday is oh, can I save money? Can I get a good deal? Well, Ed, sometimes you come home for Black Friday and golly, you're just like, oh, what the hell did I buy? I don't think this is really a deal. Well, Ed, Cody Stabbing and Stabbing, Stabbing Hagen. That's a baseball name. And he wrote a story called Buyer's Remorse, a post-black study writing of MLB's Tim Rose contract. Oh, man. Um, I will run them down real quick. Just, just a few uh, here are the honorable mentions. Uh, Andrew Benintendi, Yohan Makata, Jose Barrios, the Teslas, Carlos Correa, Christian Yelich, Wander Franco, which is not for on the field performance. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Ah, uh, top 10. And I still don't know if this ain't the worst of them all. Jacob DeGrom. Oh, poor Jacob. Jacob DeGrom. I, God, when Jacob DeGrom actually pitches, God, how good is he? He's so he's amazing. good. He's, he might be the best pitcher in baseball when he actually gets to pitch, which um, isn't, isn't very often. Uh, by the time DeGrom comes back, it, at least in August of 2024, because he's having his second time in John, the Rangers will have paid DeGrom $70 million for six starts. Oh, man. And guess what? <laughs> they still owe him $40 million in 2024, $40 million in 2025, $38 in 26, $37 in 27, and then a mutual option for 37 and 28 Buddy. Buddy. Once again, you signed him to this contract. He hasn't thrown more than 92 innings in a season since 2019. And somehow Texas still won the World Series. Somehow. God, just think of that. Now, I did hear, just not to make this a whole uh, Jacob deGrom article story here, I did hear a really interesting idea about just make him a closer. Oh, I I, I heard that on uh, the podcast. Yeah, Pons was talking about that was it. Yeah. And I mean it's a great it's a great idea. Sit him out there every two or three days. Yeah. Yeah. Sit him out there every two, three days. Let him throw fifteen pitches all at 173 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. Um and you know, just basically let him pitch sixty innings a year. And be the shutdown closer of shutdown closers. I think it's a a pretty brilliant idea. I mean, you can't you can't count on him to start. Yeah. Uh, number nine, Ed, one one close to uh close to our hearts because Eddie's close to our area. Carlos Rodon. Uh of, of Holly Springs, North Carolina fame, right up there near you, uh an NC State uh icon. Well, he fucking sucks. I mean City yeah. Yankees, so it's just it's just beautiful. Yeah, um good. yeah. And uh, they signed him six years, 162 million. Good luck with that. Uh, number eight. Uh, well, here's one much nearer and dear to both our hearts. But the good thing is, it's over after this year. Chris Sale, of course, with the Red Sox. One more year in, and then there's a uh, there is a kick in option for 2025. And I swear to God, watch Chris Sale do this. 
Uh, vesting odds here requiring top 10 in Cy Young voting and not finishing the season on the aisle. Oh, man. I swear to God, if someone could do it in a fucking contract year, it would be Chris Sale. Yeah. Which, if he, do- if he does it, that means the Red Sox probably had a pretty damn good season. So, uh, I don't give a shit. It ain't, it ain't my damn money. So, you know, whatever. Uh, number seven, Patrick Corbin. Number eight. Shit, I forgot we were on here twice. Trevor Story, also of the Boston Red Sox. Unfortunately, we've still got him for a few more years. There is an opt-out in 2026, but uh, it's Story's opt-out. So. Anyway, uh, number five, Javier Baez. Good God. Stupid enough to have signed him for this. Oh, Detroit. Never mind. Uh, number four, Chris Bryant. God, that's a terrible contract. Number three, still my favorite contract in baseball, John Carlos Stanton. Oh, yes. And you realize they are still paying him definitely through 2027. There is still there is still a guaranteed four more seasons of that contract. It's amazing. And then they still have it. Then they have a club option for 2028. Folks, I'm gonna tell you, it is not a good idea to just sign power hitting outfielders in their late 20s to 13 year deals. You gotta be able to do something else. I mean, yeah. Take a look at my boy Bryce Harper. You know what? Bryce Harper got hurt. It's not a big deal. But, but you know, Bryce Harper's guy, it's like, well, he can still do some shit, and we can move him to first base because he's a hell of an athlete. Mm-hmm. And he'll grind his ass off to be able to play first base. Yeah. yeah. Number two, oh, you talk about one, they're just praying to get through. Anthony Rendon. <laughs> Rendon has three years left with the uh, Angels. And they're paying him... They've got to pay him $116 million over the next three years. Oh, that's great. Has never played more than 58 games in a season over his four years with the Angels. And number one with a fucking bullet, Steven Strasburg. Yeah. And Steven Strasburg was basically just going to retire. And then the Nats were like, well, actually, we're not going to pay you out totally. And Strasburg's like, oh, well, then I'm not going to retire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, I mean, for, for damn good reason, Ed, he's still got three years left on that seven-year deal. Oh, yeah. And he is going to make 90. I mean, he's making like $105 million over the next three years. Amazing. You, you know who else ain't walking away from that? Let's fragile. Yeah, I'd never fucking retire. No. Because apparently, originally, they were going to just pay him the value of his contract, and then they were like, oh, we want to change something. He's like, well, I'll change something, dude. <laughs> I will hold on to this fucking roster spot. <laughs> That's amazing. And most likely not pitch, and you're going to pay me bitches. Oh, that's great. Oh, I love it. Um, my other ones, I'm just... Uh, I'm just going to roll these into two because they're about the same and. Ed, do you remember? I'll sing the song. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. All those days in September. Ed, do you remember a time when the Colorado Buffaloes were three and zero? People were screaming, "Oh, Prime's keeping receipts! Oh, oh Colorado's man. on their way!" There were even a few real, real, real morons to make the playoff. Mm. Wait. The Colorado Buffaloes started the season three and zero. They ended the season four and eight. Oops. 
Um, I'm going to put these two together because they kind of go hand in hand. Ari Wasserman, uh, Deion Sanders, poor recruiting results, major issue for Colorado's build. Don't forget it. Coach Prime was coming. He was going to bring everybody with us. Every kid on earth just wanted to play for Deion Sanders. They didn't care where or for what. They just wanted to play for Deion. Yeah, Colorado has one of the lowest ranked high school recruiting classes for a Power Five team. Like, they're down to like 65 now, I believe. Oof. Like, I almost want to say East Carolina might have a higher rated recruiting class. Oh, my. Which, if so, is just magnificent. Uh, roll that in with another story that came out earlier today. Uh, David Oven, Bruce Feldman, and Justin Williams. Deion Sanders believes Colorado will rise in 2024. Opposing coaches predict hard times, baby. <laughs> hard times. Hard times. Then they say hard times put on prime time. Colorado is a great spot right now. They have no line play on either side. Um do they have skilled guys? Shit, yeah, they do. Deion's son, Shador Sanders, is a legit, really good quarterback. Travis Hunter, legit, may be the most talented football player in America. But, man, you can't win on a handful of offensive guys. You can't win big. You can win a game here and there. You're not going to be any kind of a contender. Colorado going to the Big 12 next year. Their lines are garbage. Their high school recruiting is garbage. Sure, we'll see what they bring in the portal. Man, the hardest thing to find in the transfer portal are good linemen. Why? Because good linemen stay the fuck where they are. Because they're valued because there aren't many of them. And just as, oh man, we brought in 37 guys in the transfer portal. Well, out of those 37, probably 30 of them are in the portal because they couldn't play where they were. Couldn't get on the field. And, I mean, that's good, great, grand. You know, it's not. It's always fun to build. Oh, man, we got a guy from Georgia. Oh, we got a guy from Alabama. Yeah, but nine times out of ten, if those guys are transferring, it's because they aren't good enough for those programs. And sometimes they keep going down the ladder because, by God, they're just not good enough, really, to play college football. Boy, they look really good in high school. They were the biggest, fastest kid on the field. But, man, sometimes you're just not that good. And that's what you're depending on in Colorado. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, man. You know, people sang every praise of Dion back in September. And it wasn't. It was a really fun start to the season. But, man, when we look back on it now, okay, they're garbage this year. They are yeah. horrible. They come off a national title game appearance. They're terrible. Colorado State, you had to beat them in overtime. They're not good. They're just not good. Can't remember who the hell else they beat. Maybe it was like Cal or something. It wasn't anybody really worth a flip. It was early. Um, it was early Pac-12 play. But I mean, outside of that, Colorado's been bad. Sanders fired his offense. Well, didn't fire him. He demoted his offensive coordinator in the middle of the year just after a couple games where they weren't as explosive as they had been. So he demotes the guy. Dion's a lot of flash. I don't think Dion Sanders, head coach of a big time program, I just don't think there's a lot of substance there. And this, you can quit this, and I'm sure in five years, if you come back and bite me in the ass, I just I don't see it, man. I think Deion Sanders loves to come in. He loves to be the guy. He loves to be the celebrity. And he loves it when he can say, oh, look what we did, and we did it. 
so fast, blah, blah, blah. Man, it was one thing going to Jackson State. It was one thing going to an HBCU and getting a bunch of kids who just wanted to come play for Deion Sanders. It's a lot easier to do it at an HBCU than it is when you get into big-time college football. You can't just roll your head out there and say, I'm prime time. Come and play for me. Oh, I mean, there's nothing backing up that I can make you a better player. (laughs) There's no pipeline established that I put guys in the NFL. But, man, I was really good back in the 90s. Your daddy remembers. You've seen my holidays. Okay. What? What? People are making a big deal. Now, look, I, I was as big a Warren Sapp fan as you can find when he was in the NFL. Like, Warren Sapp was the guy I idolized in the NFL. They just got Warren Sapp to be the defensive line coach. I mean, that's cool. That's nice. Warren Sapp's never coached defensive line in his life. And, I mean, have we not noticed over the years that just because you are a superstar player does not make you a good coach at something? I mean, Matthew Johnson is like one of the worst NBA coaches who ever lived. Yes. Um, I mean, we've seen, you know, we've seen the superstar. Oh, the superstar comes back, and you watch him. He's the best player ever. Like, there's a reason Michael Jordan's like, fuck no, I'm not coaching. Because you know what Michael Jordan says when you can't hit a damn shot from the corner with two guys in your face? Well, watch this. I'll do it. And Jordan will do it. Be like, just do what I did. It's like, well... The, the only problem is I'm not Michael fucking Jordan. You know, Dion just show you all day, oh, well, just do this, just do this. Oh, wait, I don't have a quarter of the athletic ability that Dion Sanders has. <laughs> you know, or, or, or I don't have, like, a quarter of the, the football mentality that Dion freaking Sanders had. Well, just do it like this. This is what I would have done. Well, of course you would have done it. And, of course, you did it. And you're in the Hall of Fame. And you're the GOAT. We get it, dude. That does not make you a good coach. My God, it does not make you a good coach. I want to say, let's just take a look around at the best coaches in the country right now. Man, Nick Saban, what an intimidating athletic physical marvel, huh? Boy, Dabo Sweeney, he looks like he's bringing the fucking wood, doesn't he? Now, Kirby Smart, Kirby Smart was a good football player in Georgia, but Kirby Smart did it all off of guts and intelligence. It wasn't because he was like a great athlete. Yeah. Those are pretty much the best coaches in America. Ryan Day. Can you tell me where the fuck Ryan Day went to college? I think it was like Delaware or some shit like that. You know, those guys weren't superstars. Those guys were grinders who learned the game from the inside out and learned how to do it from the ground floor up. That's how you do it. Um, you know, shit, you look, at, uh, you, you look at the football, the other football that we love and mostly base this whole show on it. Jurgen Klopp will tell you, yeah, I was a shit player. But boy, I listened. <laughs> and I learned how to coach. Um, you know, uh, Maradona was never a great coach. I don't think Messi's going to be anybody's great savior manager one day. Um, I sure can't see Ronaldo being a manager. <laughs> um, Steven Gerrard ain't that great at it. Frank Lampard's horrible at it. So, anyway, uh, good luck, Dion. I look forward. I look forward to watching the future of Dion here because I don't think he's going to end well. Oh man, somebody kept receipts. <laughs> kept my receipt from the gas station. You right. oh boy. <laughs> All right. Uh, that was Wes had a lot to get off his chest. Now. 
That's two weeks, baby. Woo! That was awesome. Don't even, okay. get, me started, don't even get me started on the Ric Flair Paul Feinbaum on Twitter. Oh. Anyway. Onwards. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, I have two quick stories here. Uh, this one from Fabian uh, Ardea. Um, Nelson Cruz joining the Dodgers as advisor will work with organization in Latin America. Uh, so Nelson Cruz, who just retired, uh, will be uh, will be helping out with the Dodgers. So we'll see what uh, what he can bring to them. Um, obviously, a big influence in Latin America. So see if he can uh, do some stuff there. And then uh, I actually really like this story from a few weeks ago. Uh, this is by Daniel Brown. Uh, with League of Legends World Finals approaching, more colleges are welcoming esports. Um, if you if you have a kid and you want them to try and get a free ride, it may not be at like, you know, Georgia, Georgia damn Bulldogs, but hey, they can get a free ride to Maryville. Get them playing esports because man, you can actually get free rides to quite a few colleges at this point. Um. And I like one person, you know, in the comments was like, well, how, how could they possibly do this uh, being the colleges? And, you know, somebody I think said it best, you know, you think of any sport, really, you know, football, basketball, baseball, and all the things you have to buy, all the equipment you have to buy, all the things you have to do for esports, you pretty much buy like five or six computers, make sure they have good equipment in them, make sure they have dedicated internet, get them some comfy chairs, you know, that's pretty much all you need. And then, you know, obviously, you know, it does go into like how they're, they are treating them, you know, more as athletes in terms of getting them nutrition programs and doing workouts and, and doing stuff like that to keep them healthy while they're playing. But I mean, you know, in terms of just ROI return on investment, it doesn't take much <clears throat> money to start an esports team at your college. So I think, think we could start seeing you know quite a few more of these popping up mm -hmm. across the country even if esports isn't going to quite become the next biggest thing that i think a lot of people thought it would maybe three or four years ago um it is going down a little bit but i think it is at least going to stay somewhat relevant and i think colleges are going to have this in their back pocket with different games, new games always coming out. And again, it, it doesn't take much to get a team going at your school. So I could, I could very much see this becoming a mainstay at a lot of colleges and a lot of path for kids going forward. And, and good again, to see the, the schools treating them, treating them well and making sure they're, they're eating right, making sure they're working out and keeping their bodies and minds healthy uh, while they're doing it. Cause shit, we, we, we like to joke about, oh, they're playing video games. <laughs> Try going and playing 12 hours of video games at a at a actual competitive level. It's not easy. It's not it's not football, but it's not easy. So um, so good on them for the colleges doing that. Got to so. got got to got to mainline that Mountain Dew. No Mountain Dew. You just it's it's Red Bull straighten or it's them. water. <laughs> straighten the straighten the Oh, and always with a sippy cup. You do you do not want to spill your drink. You got You got to have <laughs> Don't a spill your drink. All right, uh, that brings us to the watch for Wes. What you watching in the week that was or the week that will be? All right, and we we've watched some stuff since the last mm. time we've been together here. Mm -hmm. Um. We finally started and got through season one of The Righteous Gemstones. Okay. 
And I swear to God, I have howled with laughter through that season. <laughs> oh my goodness. There, there are probably half a dozen just mouth open uh, Wes at the basketball game memes that you would have liked to have seen at that point. <laughs> They're a good. I, I literally sent my wife that picture when she said, What the fuck is this? I'm like, That is, that is my reaction to this. Um, <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. We have just been waiting to get enough time to start season two. Uh, just uh, with the holidays and everything and uh, moving back and forth. Uh, haven't haven't been able to get on to season two, but my goodness, season one is outstanding. Oh, just a great show. So um, highly, highly recommended. It's on the, uh, the Max app. It was an HBO show. Okay. Uh, three seasons out, I believe I've read they're they're talking about about doing a fourth season. Mm. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I have to see how that works when we come back from it. Folks, outside of that, I will give you one last college football watch for you. Yeah, give football this weekend. It is championship weekend Friday night. Holy shit! It starts off with an absolute banger. Folks, the final ever Pac-12 game. And it's in that stronghold of Pacific 12 football, of course, Las Vegas. <laughs> and nothing, nothing screams history of the Pac-10 and Pac-12 like Las Vegas. Um, yeah. And also the Rose Bowl's the semifinal game this year. So, yeah, Angle Vino, Pac-12, Big Ten Rose Bowl. What the hell you there could be. Maybe maybe we get Michigan, Oregon uh, is, as a Rose Bowl game. That would actually be pretty cool. Yeah. We'll see there at the end. But um, so the Pac-12 game is an absolute thing. That's the Friday night game. Um, Saturday, you've got the ACC title game. Uh, what's left of Florida State versus uh, Louisville. Um, you've got Michigan versus uh, some JV team that wears Iowa uniforms. Um, You've got uh, Texas and Kansas State. Texas trying to keep themselves alive in the playoff. But then, Ed, at 4 o'clock, Armageddon comes, folks. Alabama, coached by Nick Saban, taking on the Georgia damn Bulldogs. Both of them have already gotten mad love through this entire show. Well, now you know why, because they face off. For the most prestigious title in the world of sports in the SEC Championship, <laughs> just as Dale down in Macon, or as Larry down in Shelby County, Alabama, the most prestigious title in football in all the sports is the SEC Championship. <laughs> and it will be contested. It could be epic. could be Georgia beating their ass. We'll see. Um... But yeah, man, we got that this weekend. Uh, Ohio State does not have a game. Tells you how their season went. Um, and then we find out who our playoff teams are. I'm guessing that's on Sunday. Uh, and then if there's any controversy, the world can melt down around us. Yay. And as long as the Bulldogs are sitting number number one in, I'm just going to sit there and uh, be like the Joker and just watch the world burn. I just want any scenario where Georgia and Alabama both make the playoff. That's all I want. One more time, the SEC just taking a massive shit on everyone. 
it would be great. Boy, it's a, it's a tough one to try I to know. figure out, but it would involve Bama beating Georgia and enough happening that Georgia sits at number four. <laughs> yeah, I read uh, Stuart Mandel's column, actually, or not column, but uh, his uh, explainer on the playoff on it. And I'm like, oh, there's not a whole lot of scenarios where this happens, is there? <laughs> no, no, no. I've, I've been trying to figure it out for about two weeks how we can, you know, how we can make that happen. But, uh, <laughs> I don't believe. I, I feel uh, like it, the, it the biggest piece actually is the one that he didn't even talk about, which is Iowa somehow mm-hmm. needs to beat Michigan. If that happens, oh no, that if that all happens, the doors are open. Yeah, if that happens, everything is wide open. Like, obviously, I want Georgia to be up there, but man, could you imagine a weekend where you go in with four undefeated teams? Could you come out with the whole four of them losing? And obviously the most implausible one of those is Iowa beating Michigan. But, I mean, don't tell me you couldn't see Bama beating Georgia. Yeah. Um, Washington, Washington's like a, almost a 10-point underdog. They're undefeated. They're almost a 10-point underdog against Oregon. And they've beaten um, Oregon. Yeah, and they beat Oregon. Now, that's it. There's more to the game than just, right. oh, they beat them. That was a hell of a football game, but um, – and then, I mean, Florida State doesn't have their quarterback. I can see that happening. I can see Louisville beating Florida State this week. It can happen. Um, and then, oh, my God, yes. If you, folks, if you, if you do not have a dog in the fight, you know, the dog in the fight, the AMG dog, woo! If you do not have a dog in the fight and you just want to see X, Twitter, whatever we're calling it, just completely meltdown. Pray for that chaos scenario on Saturday. Friday into Saturday. Oh, my goodness. I'm not going to lie. I would absolutely – my dream playoff here at the end is a Georgia-Bama-Texas-Oregon playoff. That would be good. That would be nasty as hell. That would be a nasty playoff. I would say that'd be better than if you had all the undefeateds and it was a Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State playoff. That mm-hmm. other one would just blow that one out of the water. Mm-hmm. Especially when you know that you know what's waiting in the natty. Oh yeah. You know, you know, you're just waiting for Goliath and Goliath to square off. Like, wait a minute, there's four of us. They're huge. They're huge, too. Uh, they can just run into each other for three hours and, and listen to the entire part of the country not facing the Southeast just get their pants. Oh, uh, the way God intended. I, that's uh, right. The way God intended when he created the city. Um, so for my watch for this week, uh, we, we went... Myself and one name producer, uh, Jackie, we went to uh, the uh, one of our one of our great listeners, my mom's uh, place at the beach for Thanksgiving. And she, because she has normal cable and we don't, uh, we got to watch a lot of things uh, that we would normally get to watch here at our house. And so what did we spend two days watching? Um, house Hunters and the Great Christmas Cookie Bake Off. <laughs> Of course you did. Oh my god, I did um, not realize how much I missed House Hunters. Holy House Hunters shit. House Hunters might undercover be like the greatest show on television. 
Holy shit. I just remember, I just remember, uh, what was her name? Uh, not, it wasn't like Charity, but it was, oh, it was Chantel. Fra Chantel from LA. Uh, going going for her first house and her dad telling her she can afford a half million dollar home that's like 1500 square feet and i'm just like oh god oh no oh this is amazing oh i make taylor swift friendship bracelets online my budget is 3.4 million dollars <laughs> And um, I'm in Los Angeles, which means I can get a one-room uh, townhouse out in Pasadena. I remember one of the first ones we saw was like this couple who um, who's in uh, New York who wants to move a little <laughs> bit outside the city, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, commute's really important for us, so you know, we want to try to minimize that as much as possible. Uh, you know, nothing more than two hours each way." And I'm like. Holy shit. Oh no, 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 no. Oh, Dude, I'll tell you, my life changed this week. I started my new job this week. My life has changed with my 30 minute commute going down to a 10 minute commute. Oh, and I'm just like, oh, I, can, I cannot fathom a two hour fucking commute just to go to work and then two hours to come back home. Dude, I sometimes I will be the the worst it gets here in 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 the uh, the greater Raleigh area for me is like forty five minutes, and I'll <laughs> I'll almost be losing my mind at how long that is. Like I'm with you, I I could not imagine doing two hours. Okay. And don't forget, I'm the guy that just came off a job where I drove all the yeah. time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. At least I was moving and going somewhere. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. We want to get out of the city. Uh, how about a 1,200-square-foot, one-bathroom home, and it's $3.1 million a month? That's what? not too far off from what happened. Um, and then they're like, we want to move to North Carolina. What can, what can $574,000 get us? Um, a lot more. Well, that mansion on the hill? Oh, what? That's way too big. <laughs> I need my Does art that include studio. Do we get electricity in there? Well, yes. Oh my god. How big are the rats? There are no rats, sir. What? Oh man. Can't live so, like this. So many people also moving to Chicago and I'm just like, what? when when did Chicago become and it and it's it's the same place. It's the same thing everywhere like because like we'll just compare it to our house and we're just like we are so fortunate we are insanely oh, fortunate. holy oh, shit God. so I, I will say i will throw a chicago fat down there so like okay. um barstool barstool mm -hmm. sports is just open like a big chicago office and um brandon walker the, the king of the south the king of college football king of the south uh, he has moved from New York City to the uh, Chicago office, right? And even he was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm 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 good looking. I'm rich. He's not good looking. He might be rich, um, but he's like, you know, he's 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 a Mississippi like native. Mm. Brett like, I'm in some room, you know, I'm in some land. Brett Walker can like an hour and a half a day to go to Chicago, oh. Wisconsin. Oh God." 
It has like a beautiful like house like on a lake with a dock and is paying I think he made the point one time he said yeah he said I'm paying for this like what I would pay for like um like a 12 uh, 1300 foot house like in mm-hmm. Chicago yeah he's like and I've got like 2500 square feet and a lake he's like yeah I'll drive I'm cool so yeah like City living, city living ain't for me. Is I will put it that way. City living ain't for this. <laughs> and I think I think Ed Green has about as much city living as he wants. Yeah, I'm 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 genuinely in a perfect place. Like because we are like, I don't remember what the that main highway is. Whatever comes up from Redacted up to Raleigh, uh, straight up there. And we are literally because we took my mom out to. Uh, yeah. To dinner for her birthday, and we went, uh-huh. we were in downtown Raleigh in 25 right. minutes. It's like that's right. perfect. That's great. Right, you guys live like the perfect suburb to the big city life. Yeah, yeah. And, and as much shit as I enjoy giving Raleigh, just in general, <laughs> like Raleigh suburb life. If mm-hmm. that's what you want to do, man. For for a good sized city, Raleigh suburb life. Is pretty damn good. Yes, I agree. It is pretty damn good because you can live in, you know, Redacted, or you can live in Garner, or you can live in, um, you can live in Lake Forest, you can live all these places. And you can pretty much be in downtown Raleigh in 30 minutes. Person. Oh, yeah. And, uh, which means, which means you could be about anywhere in Raleigh within 45 minutes. Still go to Durham. That's what everything changes when you go to Durham. <laughs> Um, and with them, they're building the the rest of uh, 540, uh, which granted is a toll road, but it's essentially now going to loop yeah. around the entirety of Raleigh. And uh-huh. there's going to be a ramp off literally eight to 10 minutes from where we live. And like yeah. we've when one name producer Jack and I like end up carpooling on days when we're both going into the office, we're already getting on that road because it's uh-huh. like it's. 70 miles per hour and barely right. anybody's ever on it. So we're just like, all right, we're just going to do this. And now there's going to be in probably about five months, there's uh-huh. going to be a ramp to it, like eight minutes from our house where now we're going, you know, about 15 to 20 to get on it. And it's like, it's, it's going to be so easy. So I, well, that's I agree. I love, Go ahead. I love, thank you. Just oh, one of my anyway. absolute favorite Property Brothers, or sorry, not Property, we didn't watch any Property Brothers. <laughs> House Hunters is great. Um, now, that we, okay. now that we've just discussed Raleigh Suburban Living, House Hunters is great. There is one, and I never watched an episode, but I saw enough previews to make me know I, will, I don't want to watch it. Um, <laughs> what is the show? I need to, I need to pull this up here. Uh, uh, not No Demo Re- Reno. Uh, help, I Wrecked My House. The previews for this show look horrible. Like it's people who tried to remodel their house and just like completely fucked it up. And I and like these look like the saddest, like, oh god, this could be our life savings to fix this. And I'm like, I don't want to watch this. What no, good god. 
even though it will probably end up okay, that's still just like gonna hurt you through most of it. Yeah, like I'm sure it has a happy ending, but I don't want to go through the pain and suffering to get there. Like, no, thank yes, you. I don't, yeah, I don't want to know like about people's like five year journey of just like pure ass misery. Yeah, just like show me how to fucking change a light socket. Like, my god. Anyway, Ooh, don't play that reason. <laughs> This has been episode 483 of the Foreign Affair Podcast. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming out today. Uh, this has been a great one. Um, we've really talked about it all today. Um, thanks to our uh, podcast providers, including Spotify for podcasters. Get your Spotify year-end wrap-up or whatever bullshit that is now. It's not even November or December yet. When we're God, I already thing. have a story for that. So. I, yeah, it's, guys, it's not even December. The year isn't over yet. Come Oh, give it like two Thank my kid for wrecking mine this year. Oh, that's unfortunate. Um, you can go ahead and guess it's number one. <laughs> Does it begin with a T and end with Ailer Swift? Buddy, you nailed it. Oh, man, I'm too good. Uh, also, want to thank Stitcher Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can also find us on social media on Twitter for the moment. As long as it's still standing, and the lights are on. Uh, as a collective, we are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are. I'm at West Bradshaw 21. And I am at Edward Green. Uh, so catch us next week. Uh, we'll be back here. Uh, we'll be talking more Premier League. Uh, we'll have the Euro draw, even though there's still the three playoff teams to be decided. Uh, we'll be able to at least go through a preliminary draw, see if England gets the group of death and see what goes on from there. Yes. And of course, uh, hit any more crazy news and notes that may come out from now to then. But before we get out of here, Wes, anything else you want to add? Um, first, high school football is still going on. I know. I'm shocked myself. <laughs> uh, surprise, surprise. The Tarbar Vikings are still there. Oh, yeah. Because, of course, they are. Jeff Craddock's magnificent. He's wonderful. Everything's coming up. Uh, everything's coming up Tarver for him. Uh, Northern Nash. Got it. I mean, you know I don't appreciate Northern Nash. You know I don't I like know. But, man, uh, I mean, unless anybody's listening, in which case, I'm going to totally respect the shit out of them, right? Um, they have gone on the road three straight weeks and knocked off higher-ranked teams, uh, including a trip to back-to-back trips to Stockland County and Havelock and have went down some of them. Havelock does Northern not want to see Rocky Mount-based teams anymore. No, no, no. Havelock is like, Jesus Christ, no, no, no. Um, so, yeah, uh, Northern playing 71st this week. Uh, they travel too fatal to play 71st for the Eastern Final. Harbor is playing West Columbus, maybe? I think you're right. I, don't worry with Harbor. Um, they'll they'll be Tarver. So um, yeah, both of them back in the Eastern Final. Uh, both of them looking to get back to a state championship game. Tarver, this will be time number like seventy for them. However, Northern Nash looking to get the back to back state championship games. No Nash County team has done that since <laughs> Rocky Mount. Um, by the way, we won one of those. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but Northern Nash, man. Man, they're fucking good. It pisses me off that they're fucking good. So, anyway, good luck to them all this week. Um, more good luck in the 71st. But anyway, I'm tired. Oh, goodness. Well, on that note, uh, that's going to do it. On that note, we're done with
for my calling crime west bradshaw i'm edward green thank you so much for joining us here this week we'll be back next week for more of the foreign affair podcast until then stay safe and enjoy the football and good night to all you big henry kissinger fans it's uh it was a good ride it was a good ride. It's a good ride. Henry Kissinger at the age of 100. He's my voice.